This is the City of Refuge, Thomaston, Georgia, Sunday morning podcast. The following is a live recorded sermon by Pastor Jeff Deal. So let's look a little bit more about our God, His creation, and the universe. Romans 8, 18 through 24 talking to Miss Faye, guys, and I'm trying to talk my back to you, but, um, I, you know, really, you can just get lost in Roman 8 forever. It just goes on and on and on with the wisdom that's in here. But let's see what it has to say this morning. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us in the future. For the earnest expectations of creation waiteth in the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to vanity, not of its own will, but by the reason of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also shall be delivered from this bondage of corruption into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and traveleth in pain together until now. And not only so, but ourselves also. We have for the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for our, our adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For in hope, where we say, but hope that is seen is not hope, for who hath hope for that which he seeth? No, so this is Paul, and Paul just kicks off in the book of Romans, and, and just the, from the very first, Romans chapter 1, pretty much he, he opens it up. He says, uh, you know, if, if you don't acknowledge there is a God or you just don't know there is a God, then I, I got nothing for you. That's how he starts off Romans 1. Because, if, you know, if you want to sit on the back burner and pretend like there's a, not, a God, a creator of the universe, um, well, then you're going to wind up acting like this behavior here, there, there. And he just labels down all these really bad ways we behave um, when we try to act like there is no God. But so we jump over here to Romans 8, and what he, you know, what he's saying in a beautiful way is essentially since the fall of the garden, creation, all of creation, has fell into a state of, a slow state of decay. Everything, everything that's out there in the universe is yearning to be connected back to the fulfillment of, of God's original purpose. Even ourselves, our own flesh, we get old. Good Lord, I know I'm feeling the pains. We get old, our flesh, and, and we die, you know. Um, that's part of, of the corruption of sin in the fall. But what we'll look at this morning is, I believe, I'm a firm believer, that as we walk in Christ and as we obtain his spirit inside of us, though the flesh and even though creation is yearning for that connection, we already have that connection in us. In other words, all creation, I don't know like how your imaginations are, but I've always really loved Nova and, and just the universes and the possibilities of all the things out there. 
and just how mind-blowingly endless it is, it's just fast. We can't even imagine the vastness of it. Um, but in all that, it's simply all it wants what we have. Um, and that, I don't know, that humbles me a lot. So let's, I want to look at the universe and I want to look at like the things that we know. Last time I spoke, I kind of took us on a little bit of a history lesson. This morning is going to be more of a scientific lesson. Let's see what science has to, to say or, or where we are. And as far as I can tell, and you know, from what I say here, is I don't know that we're a whole lot of anywhere as far as what we as human beings know. Um, we've done some phenomenal things. Men have walked on the moon. But we don't know what they, they being the science community, wants us to believe that they know. So let's take ourselves over in Europe. They got this big machine, and I'm going to call it the Large Hadron Collider. I think it's Hadron is how you say it. But in reduced terms, we'll call that the CERN, the CERN project. And so if you can only imagine, so this is a testament to man's feet, but underneath miles and miles and miles of Earth, They've created this huge circular system. And when I say miles, I mean like from towns and county. This thing is huge. And so what they do is, is they speed up these, these molecules, particles actually, and, and they speed them up and they just get them going, 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 and then they line them up and they crash them into each other. And then that exposes what's inside. Now, how they do that, I, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you take a particle and make it speed through a tube and, and there not be other particles? I don't know. That amazes me. But the bottom line, is, and so I'll try to reference this stuff in the way that I think of it, and as stupid as it may be, um, it makes my mind be able to wrap around it. But it's the same thing as uh, anatomy, or you know, if you want to understand how a human body works, then you know you cut into it, you see the body parts, and you learn from that. Or a mechanic tears a motor apart and sees how it make, this is how it works, tear it apart, put it back together. Um, I tried that experiment when I was a child, but um, I never got to the putting it back together part. I seemed to tear it up more than anything. But so they're hitting these molecules really fast, and they're looking inside of them, and what they're looking for is, is the, the components. What is it that created the universe and why we're here? That's, I mean, they spent trillions of dollars doing this. Um, it, it, just the hugest investment that you can find, or man, all nations, it, it's just big. It's big. Let's just wrap it up like that. Um, and so what they found, and you guys, you ain't got to take my word for any of this stuff. You can just Google it. It's right there if you want to look for it. But what we know is that the universe ain't supposed to be here. What does that mean? Well, what, when they break this stuff down, in a sense, what you have are particles, and one's a, one's a positive and one's a negative, and so that's, they cancel each other out, right? But... As far as we can tell in every measurement that we know of, it's pretty well confirmed 
that for every positive in creation, there's a negative in creation. So all of creation should technically, as far as we know, be void, black space. Nothing is supposed to be here. Um, they didn't like that, guys. That was not the answer that they were looking for when they broke down to these courts, they call them, and found out that, that we just, they can't figure it out. They're, now they're looking for something they call the God particle, um, and that's a mockery term for guys. They're, they're not being serious. They're making fun of God and looking for a particle that's not supposed to be there. And not only that, knowing what they know, they're going to build a much bigger one. Like, we're investing however many dollar bills into this to create another collider, a bigger CERN, so that we can smash them down even smaller and see what's going on. But most of the head scientists are, are in agreement that it's kind of pointless at this point. If you would, so what they kind of have on the table now is kind of like they know that they have two force, right? So inevitably, if they spend all this money, redo the same experiment again, they're going to get down to one half. They already know what's coming, but still, they can't, they just can't say that they don't know. You know what I mean? They can't say, they cannot give our God, our Creator, um, his, his due diligence. I mean, we, we can't. So now, we're not supposed to be here, but we are here, and we got other problems going on. Because, look at this, everybody. We don't know why that just happened, okay? We don't know why that pin just fell. We know we call it gravity, okay? We call it gravity, and we can measure gravity. We can predict gravity, but we don't know what it is. Essentially, we, you can, they, we don't know what gravity is. Isn't that crazy? Everything around us is held together by glue that we call gravity, and we don't really know what it is. And to complicate the fact that the universe should not exist, it should have canceled out this gravity problem that we have the way we measure it now or the best that we can measure it is we know that masses great bodies the earth the planet that you're standing on is has mass therefore it has a gravitational pull with it but so we don't know what that is but so they've measured the gravity in all of the universe as best can and they get pretty close to this stuff but the problem is we have this measured gravity but there's not enough mass to create that gravity. So not only do we not know why we're here, we're being held together by something that we can't measure enough that we need to have by how we understand it. And if that ain't bad enough, we can't explain why that pin just fell to the floor when I let go of it. Wow, you understand? But in Scripture now, we know that we as believers uh, we understand fully that God's in charge of all these unknowns. We also, we've, we've stated this morning, not only is God in charge of creation, and we don't understand it, we know that since the fall of man, creation has been yearning for a peace that we freely are allowed to have. Okay? 
it gets even cooler. The science stuff is really, really cool these days. Because now, what we, well, not now. This is actually was dug into in the early 60s, but it was just so phenomenal that it couldn't rubber stamp it to be okay. Einstein was like, this is a spooky action at a distance. He didn't like it at all. He couldn't wrap his mind around it. And we still can't wrap our mind around it, but we know it is a factual thing. So you got paired particles, and so it speaks for itself. You got two particles, but they're paired, if you would, married together. Now, if one is positive, the one the opposite of it will always be negative. Always. And say this one over here that's positive decides to be negative, then the other one's going to turn positive, right? They communicate with each other. Well, that's neat. That's really cool stuff. But the fact of the matter is, is they can do this across any expanse of time and space. In other words, they have instant communication faster than the speed of light from any amount of distance. That's not supposed to happen. You, we can't go to speed of light because to go that fast, you create resistance, and in order to have enough energy to go past that resistance, you get heavier and heavier and heavier, even in space. You can't break that. We, infinite energy is what it would take. We don't have it. We don't know that it exists, but, but this communication can take place. And what, it is so cool and it's so on the table that now we have computers like we have internet and we, you know, we want really fast Wi-Fi. Well, this is actually the next step. They're going in this direction, y'all, because we compare photon particles. And so we compare the two. And so information could be now, if, if you would, if the positive and negative would represent the zeros and ones. You see what I'm saying? On this end, you would put a zero. On this end, it would be a one. So you would compute it backwards. And so when it hit the other end, instantaneously, anywhere in the universe, then it would print out what our computers read, which is zeros and ones. And not only is that cool, but since they're paired together, when you, when you transmit that communication, it really can't be hacked because it's not two entities, it's one, if that makes any sense, right? So we got, I mean, just all this cool stuff going on that, and they know each other too, like, it just, my mind is hard for me to get out of you where my mind goes on this stuff because these particles, like, oh my goodness, we're trying to figure out when, when life begins in the womb. But these particles have the ability to communicate with each other. There's a language going on there. Um, I'm something somewhat of an electricity, and I can tell you that, like, electricity is, an, is, a, is a thing that we've harnessed it. And, and if you talk to guys that work on the actual power lines and do that heavy-duty stuff, they'll tell you electricity is a live thing, right? It's alive. Um, it doesn't like us very much, um, but we're, we're using it. And we've started to read the language that was written 
by an unknown source, God, um, to harness electricity to, to do our bidding and our will, right? We're, we're learning to speak that language. And there's a lot of other languages in the universe that are out there to be spoken that we can't read. We, we just don't know it yet. And that's when we start out with the psalmist saying that the universe is speaking to us. So we got all this really cool science stuff, but yet as hard as we dig into it, we don't know any more than when we started. Matter of fact, we got more questions than what we had. We will get some pretty cool computers and cell phones out of the deal, but we don't know what we're doing. But what I can tell you for a fact is that there's a knowledge in the universe that mankind cannot wrap his mind around. It's theirs. It exists. You can't, with a practical mind, you can't deny it. It's there. Um, and so, you know, Pastor Jeff spoke a while back. He, you know, I just lock into what he says. I've grown under him. He's my mentor, so I follow the things he says. And so sometimes this message, that message, they mix together. I don't know exactly what, but I, I do know that, you know, he launched into something one time, and we got what we call the uh, Goldilocks scenario where planet Earth is just as far enough from the sun and life is in existence. And so he got to the same place that I kind of am, too, and, and want to express early this morning, is you can take all that stuff, and it's nice when it proves that there is a God, because that's exactly what it does. But I don't really need that stuff, right? I don't need that because my relationship with God trumps it. You can keep all that knowledge that we know that we don't know that we're spending however much money on it. You can keep it and you can have it, and I like it, and I like following this stuff. I like seeing where we are at it. Because in my heart, I know that we're getting closer and closer to the undeniable truth with the universe is screaming to us. The scripture we opened up with acknowledged that. But I really don't need it. Because, I, you know, I'm not going to dig into my story. don't have to. But everything about my life is, is not a real possibility. Everything down to my wife, the kids, our home... Everything that's good in my life should not be there. Just like this universe should not be here. These good things in my life should, according to my behavior, should not be here. But they are. So I don't need science. I have my relationship and my experience and the phenomenal things that God's done and he's moved into my life in all these crazy ways. But what I want to land on this morning is we are allowed to have, and, and Jeff recently, Pastor Jeff recently, last week or two, excuse me, has been kind of digging into the power that we have with our words, with our actions. As human beings, God has gifted us with a great amount of power, and good or bad, you know, however you want to work that power. But a but a part of that power is, the part of the gift is, and the scripture here is telling us what the universe has is what we have. We, it wants what we have. We are supposed to be, as children of God, 
we're supposed to have a calm and a peace and a reality and we're supposed to be connected with the original story that God created for us because that's a gift that the Holy Spirit allows us to have. So if we're walking around without that or unaware of that, then we're missing out on a whole lot of good stuff that our Father wants to give us. So that's, you know, that's good. That's, that's great. But when I get up here and I speak on whatever given Sunday... It's really confession time for me, guys, because I want to talk about things that I can relate to, um, and I don't know what's going on in your lives, right? But um, I I want to be confession time with Anton, and in relation to this piece that everything in the universe has, or wants, excuse me, sorry about that, everything that the universe wants that I freely have. It's at my disposal anytime I want it. And so, get into a confession story here. And I want to mind you that walking into this little story here, you know, I'm doing all the right things. I'm, I'm praying in the morning. I'm doing morning Bible study, devotion. I try to be a good husband, father, stepfather, all these things, and be diligent about my work here at the church. Um, just all the check marks of of good things so it's not like i'm just out here running crazy sometimes when things go sideways and also not only am you know am i walking in in steps of obedience as as that would we call that I'm fully aware of God, who he is, and the things that he can do in my life, things that ain't supposed to be done. Man, I, we ain't got the days and time for me to tell y'all all the things in my life that ain't supposed to be. But they are good things. So, and I shared this confession in men's group. I've shared it in another group that, that I'm a part of. And I shared this the story before I really had unraveled it all in my mind. All I knew is that it impacted me in such a way that I had to figure out what was going on. It wasn't just God slightly nudging me a little bit. It was God just slamming down on my shoulders that I need to, to, to dig in to, to what's going on. So we're here at the church. And uh, we're a benevolent ministry. We do what we can. We have a a limited budget. And sometimes because of people's behavior, we just have to tell them no. You know, we can't fix everything, guys. We'd love to, but we're not able to do that. Um, But we're established now in in Thomason, Upson County, or actually even the Tri-County area. Everybody's familiar with us. So during the week, we get a lot of different characters that, that come and go, and, um, and they want us essentially to fix their lives for whatever reason it may be. And, uh, and we do a lot. We really do. We, um, I'm really proud of the amount that we can do, that we do do. Um, but it gets really strange sometimes. We, uh, me and Sully can tell you stories uh, just really strange stuff, strange people. 
and it happens a lot, and a lot of times you try to negotiate with, with a person to, to open up doors and avenues for their lives to be better through Christ, and they don't want to accept it. And it wears on day in, day out. Tomorrow morning when I come here before daylight, I already anticipate that encounter happening to me. At the same time in my life, I have a, a friend, a personal friend, and me and the City of Refuge family have just been walking with this person and just digging in deep, and we're in the trenches, and we, we're not, we don't have a crystal ball to tell the future, but we're telling, you know, this is what Scripture said. This is what's going to happen. We've got we to gotta get to a place, and, and, you know, you love these people. I love the guys that I work with at Mighty Man. I, there's a deep something there, a connection, a brotherhood. And so we're working, and months were alone, and, Family life is still shattered, and legal issues are stacking up, and financial issues are stacking up, and you just don't really get anywhere with it. And so, if you would, that's kind of beat me down in the back over here, there, you know. I'm trying to maintain myself as if I actually know something when I don't. But just walking with this person, walking it out with them, and then we got over here this routine or this steady flow of people knocking on the church doors with problems and just you can't seem like you can fix them. Got my home life going whichever way it goes. I never even try to keep up with too much of that. My home life is crazier than anything. We got all this going on, and so, but previously, to back the story up, there was a lady that came by. And I wound up being here, so she fell on my radar, and I got her story and talked to Sully, and and we walked this, this lady out and her story as far as we could walk with her. Great, great lady. You know what I mean? She she wants she wants what's out there. She wants to walk the right steps. And so we got her along the little path that she was headed down and kind of she just went away. That happens more than not. I just go away. But then, guys, we're getting to some serious confession here, so follow me. But then I'm going on about my business some other day, some long time down the line, and Sully calls me up, texts me, I don't know. He said, hey, look, you know, so-and-so came by here. She's got world of troubles, problems going on. And uh, he said, you know, Anton, she... She didn't ask me for anything. She didn't ask me for a dollar. She didn't ask me for nothing. She just came by and wanted prayer. She just wanted me to sit down and pray for her. I was like, great, man, that's good stuff, you know. He said, well, yeah, well, I, I thought it was good stuff, but um, she doesn't, that didn't really work out for her too well. She wants you, by name, Anton, she wants you to find her and you go pray for her. She, she's requesting she's requesting me personally to come pray for her and not asking for money when money would solve her problems, by the way, right? So I was like, wow, you know. But I'm in the middle of my day and I got things I got to sort out before I can get to that. And I finally get those things 
worked out, and there's the, uh, and grab my keys from up there in my office, and I come down, and I go out, and I take a right off on that sidewalk right there, and I've come to the point that I don't want to go pray for this lady. You know, there's just, this is all instamatically happening inside of me, and it's, it's a river. It's just flushing through me, and my brain can't keep up with it. It ain't so good to begin with, but especially when things start getting heavy and fast, and, and I realize as I'm stepping off this curve that I don't want to go pray for this, this woman. I don't, I don't have, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. Matter of fact, the other stuff that I've been doing, I probably could have sped up faster, but intentionally drug my feet on to make it last longer so I wouldn't go and pray for a lady that isn't asking for anything but for me to come pray for her. Whew. Um, that'll put you somewhere. It, it came down on me. Um, I knew that instant that I better not take one more step before figuring out something about what's going on here. I, it was time to stop. Do not get my car. Do not turn the radio on. Stop. Right there. I've only really been hit by this kind of weight once before, but I, but I knew what it was, right? I hadn't a previous experience. I knew what was going on. I knew that it was time to talk to God. And I'll tell you this, so the previous time, I'd been working at City Refuge maybe a year, year and a half in. Was comfortable with things in my job description. Friends on campus, just moving along, life's pretty good. And I had two, two firearms, two pistols that kept jamming up on me. And I couldn't figure out, I cleaned them, I dealt with them, just couldn't get it figured out so I was going to take them up there to another friend of mine Chuck and we were going to look at it and kind of file them down a little bit so the bullet reaction would work a little more smoother anyway so it was like that I wasn't really taking guns to work or anything uh, bad it was just we were doing it and so we were pull I was pulling out when the day ended I was pulling out of, of the campus, and there's armed guards, speed bumps, gates, all of this stuff, so you're not like, zoom, it's a slow roll through there. And I looked over, and I, my two pistols were sitting there in, in the seat across from me, and I did some kind of time-lapse warp thing where my mind had left everything that God had given me and all the goodness and all the peace and all the joy that I'm telling you this morning that we have that the universe wants. All that left me for an instant because when I, my corner of my eye looked at those pistols in my seat, I got yanked back to my previous life and everything that encompassed that. Like the anxiety, the... Am I going to get caught? Who's going to get hurt? Am I going to, what? Don't call me. Don't page me. All that dark world stuff just flooded back into me. And, you know, there's another speed bump coming on. And that blew my mind for a long time. Couldn't, I, you know, I snapped out of it. And it was a good thing 
to re-realize what God had given you. But that, that was kind of, it's a whole other side story to that. God was speaking to me in a powerful way. He, he, he had things to say to me on that situation. But that, that heaviness hit me right out there when I realized I didn't want to go pray for this woman. I didn't know why, and I knew that I was sad for it, and I knew that I was outside of my father's will. For I didn't have this peace all of a sudden. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I told y'all when I started out, I haven't really been acting in a barbaric way. I was checking all the boxes of what good people are supposed to do. But I'm here. I'm landing on it. So God spoke to me, and and I confessed to him, and, and, you know, I apologized to him, and I don't, if I don't say anything in my mind a thousand times over in one day, is give me a new heart, God, give me steadfast, a new spirit, you know, I, I need that all the time. And so I did. A mini confession. I got my act together, and I went out there and and I talked to this lady, which is more so, more than anything, I think what she wanted was just to talk, just to have some hope in her life, and uh, really couldn't offer her anything but what she asked for, which was prayer. But for the first time in a long time, I was able to pray for her and mean what I was praying. You understand? I mean, I will go so far. To, look, guys, I believe more than anything that you better be cautious about what you pray for. You better pray for God's will to take place. But when you, me, when I, I got into a place where I was praying for God's will to be done, that way it cover all the things that might not get done. You know what I mean? I was kind of hiding behind it a little bit, if you would. And so I went out there and I talked to this lady and prayed for her. But still, you know, I hadn't had time to unravel everything that happened, what God had done with me, to me, through me, for me. And, uh, you know, still in contact with her. Those problems went away. More came in. That's life. And so on. But where, you know, because the reason I had to dig into this was why, if I checked all, why did that happen to me? Where did it, where did I go wrong to where I don't, man, look, I know not, we got four mighty men in the building. We pray. We pray for each other. You understand? This is the core root of our, our ministry, everything we do is if you're struggling, if you have issues, we don't really care how good or bad they are. We stop and pray. We pray. Wherever we are, we don't care. We pray over each other. I know these things, and I was outside of that peace. Well, funny enough, I'll cut this a little bit shorter, but what I had fell into is what Jeff tells us not to do almost every Sunday. Every Sunday, I think our pastor says not to do this. I was doing it. 
We're trying to walk it out with one of my best friends who just won't, just won't do right. All these people knocking on doors over here, and this, man, you feel the weight before you unlock it. You already know what you're getting into. Your whole day is going sideways. You're not going to be able to fix most of it. Somehow I fell into a place where I was expecting Anton to create results. You understand? And I slipped into that without knowing. I, I, I didn't just decide to say, put me first. I didn't decide to get to a place where I didn't want to pray for people because I didn't feel like that God's authority could handle whatever situation they're in. Matter of fact, those are completely opposite of everything that I do know, and my personal life reflects those things that God's moved through me and my family's story. But I got there. I got there slowly. I got there by somehow thinking it was my job when I opened that door to fix those people's lives. I got there somehow by thinking if I keep walking with one of my best friends down this pathway that I'm going to get through to him. I got there somehow by hiding behind the words, let God's will be done. Hiding behind words. Uh, I, there's a lot of condemnation that comes with when you realize that this is who you are in your relationship with Christ. There is... You're hitting the wall pretty hard right there. No safety belt. But I got in there. And I want to try to separate some things here. Is that I don't condone sin. Never going to do that. Uh, but daily, I mean, daily, I need to be saying, I'm not perfect by anything. My goodness, if people knew things that roll around my mind sometimes, I, I would, nobody would want to talk to me, I guess. I don't know. So I'm not saying that I'm perfect or I'm good or I'm righteous in those things with my behavior, even though the prayers of a righteous man will be heard. But I was kind of walking down the wrong path. I think of prayers of a righteous man meaning more that if you believe God's authority is way better than me checking a list of the right things that I've done every day. And, and I know this kind of sounds textbook basic is what Paul speaks about is good works and, and, and faith and all these things. But I, I was no longer, I was in a position where I could no longer really do God's kingdom work because I stepped out of believing what he could do because I got busy fixing everything myself. Okay, what am I getting through here this morning? Wrapping it up really quickly. As I slowly got there, I accidentally got there. And it wasn't by the nature of me walking or not walking uh, in a pure life. I, I just really hold on, I want to nail this down, that it wasn't that I was sinless every day. It's that I took on burdens that were not mine. 
this means so much to me this morning is because what I can tell each one of y'all out there is that in different ways, different reasons, different stories, you guys can fall outside. Y'all, you can wind up where I wound up. I can rewind up where I wound up. And it's a scary place. But what's so bad about that, ladies and gentlemen, is I, I need not my prayers really. I, I don't need me to, for my prayers to be good for me. I need my prayers to be good for my brother. You understand, we're stuck in a world, for the most part, I don't care what the numbers say about who subscribes to what religion, whatever. For the most part, we're living, and we can all agree, in a godless world. A universe is yearning. It's, the universe is crying for what we have available to us, and it's our job to give that away. You understand? It's our job to be able to walk up to somebody and say, look, I know your world's falling apart. I know you don't have an answer, but I got a peace that I can give you, and I can give you that peace because I know it's there, and I believe it's there, and it's not going to be me trying to give it to you. It's God, the creator of the universe, which everything, everything is yearning for. And so when I read scriptures from Roman 8, that's what Paul's saying is, you know, we're the first fruits. We're, we're, we're making that original connection back and forth to the Father. You, you know, I, I believe in the rapture. I believe that, you know, this earth is going to be new. I believe we'll have new bodies, and I, I'm, I'm all for that stuff. It's, you can't not be. Scripture says it so. But I also believe that we have uh, a heavenly peace that we can tap into here and now. And we're obligated to do that because everybody around us needs us to be able to pass it out to them. Okay? So, um, Nathan, pull up the other scriptures. We'll just run through these. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, five of them, I believe. So, therefore, the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making baptism disciples around John. Although Jesus himself, that, that's wrong scripture somehow. Oh, no, it's not. Excuse me, Jesus. Fast forward one verse. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one coming to the Father with me. This is Christ talking about or giving us promises of the peace that the rest of the universe is outside of. Um, next one, Nathan. These things I have spoken unto you while yet abiding with you, but the Comforter, even the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. Another one, Nathan, next. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, but I giveth unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be fearful. Next, Nathan. That it? Alright. So those are just quick references to run through. To substantiate what Paul's saying is we're available to tap into something that the rest of the world doesn't have. We have an obligation to tap into it. Um, but I just want to exercise a word of caution of accidentally 
pulling an ant on and stepping out of it. You know, it's kind of a scary thing to do. Um, and so that is, is really my challenge for you this week, this time. We're going to get out of here early for all the restaurants fill up. Um, not long-winded, like I said, to begin with. Um, and, and, you know, guys, I really hope that somehow, some way, I, I, I'm not a speaker or a preacher. This really isn't my my thing. Um, I'm much better on a one-on-one conversation with people. always have been. Um, but I do hope and pray that, like, something here this week just kind of rolls through your mind when it needs to in the future and kind of say, hey, you know what, I'm a child of God, I have authority over things, I have authority over other people's situations because I can pray in that power and the peace that the universe doesn't have wants and I do. Isn't that cool? Ain't that so cool? All right, so we'll close that. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you once again for the privilege to come here this morning, the changing of the seasons. We're talking about the universe that you've given us, man, and, you know, it's the cool weather this morning. Leaves are starting to turn. Holidays are coming up. The, just the best of spirit that it brings in. Um, i got to be honest with you, Lord. I know you have a reason for everything, but that summer heat gets to me sometimes. And I'm just really grateful for what I woke up to this morning and everything else that you do in our lives. Lord, renew, rekindle the spirit. And all of us, if any of us has stepped out of that faith just, just a little bit, I pray, my prayer is, Lord, that you put that weight of recognition, of anxiety down on our shoulders every time that we get close to stepping away from you, that awareness. Lord, I pray that that be on each and every one of us. Um, I pray that we recognize and we, we understand the power and the authority that you've issued to us to represent your life in this world. I pray that everyone that's out traveling in our family right now for vacation, that they all be safe, that they make their way back home to us with really good stories and really good pictures. Um, and I pray that you go out with us into the community and let us shine your light. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen.